hello. Hi. That sounded like the Little Mermaid a little bit. Like when she's singing and Ursula pulls her voice out? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> hey, guys. This is Jen and Patrick, and we're back with you for My Name is Weezer, episode six. Episode six. Uh, we are joined by a very special guest in this one. Again, correcting myself, we were joined by a very special guest in this one. Back when we recorded it in what must have been October 2014? Or September. September, was, October 2014. It was 2014. It um, was a while ago. Yeah, a while ago, but you get it now. You're like an explorer, a treasure hunter. You're a pro and a half. A pro and a half. Mm-hmm. 1.5 pro. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't have anything else to say about this, do you? Um, nope. Just have fun listening to us and our buddy Greg. Yeah. My name is Jonas. Thanks for all you showed us. Hello and welcome to episode six. Episode six. Episode six of My Name is Weezer. Weezer. Uh, the show where Jen and Patrick talk about... All things Weezer. All the things Weezer. And uh, today we are uh, moving into the post-green era. Yep, yep, yep. Um, the era dominated by Maladroit. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's, that'll be what we're, we're talking about yeah, that's, today. that's where we're at. Um, but guys, first a little, a peek behind the curtain, uh, as it were. It's been about a month since we recorded our last episode right so i mean here, here's the first thing uh to uh, explain for people to understand is that um we aren't recording these as you're listening to them live no we're people with lives we yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> and so we would record a couple and say oh we'll put these out but guys life happens life happens and as of this recording None no, of them have been put out of, yet. We've, yes, we have not put anything out. But by the time you're hearing this, see, this is where the whole time displacement oh, thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, God, Doctor Who would have a field day with all of this. You know, I don't. Uh, I don't really watch the the Doctor Who. <laughs> you would really like it, Patrick. Would I really like I it? I think that you might. Is it? I just. I fear that it would be too fucking English for me. Oh, it might be. It might be right. But you'll never know until you try. No, I feel like I can make a judgment without watching it. I don't know. I mean, you know me, and I'm not the most sci-fi of folks. Right, and I'm a pretty big nerd. Right, and if I'm convincing you to watch a science fiction television show... Means it's shit. (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) Means it's just terrible enough that I'll actually (laughs) watch it. it's just bad enough. (laughs) No, it's so great, and David Tennant, oh man. Um, Anyways... Weezer. Oh, yes. Uh, so the, the the point being that uh, s- since we last recorded, a few big Weezer things have happened. I would say two. I yeah. would say two big Weezer sure. things. Sure, yeah. Uh, the first one, of course, being that everything will be all right in the end. Uh, r- released? Yes. It came out. Yes, it it's did. It's a thing that exists in the world and will exist in our vocabulary discussing the rest of the albums from this point forward. Sure will. But not from this point backwards. Nope. Again, this is how time works. So episodes one through five were pre-everything will be all right in the end, and episodes six through whenever we finish. Right. Which we believe will be 12. Yes, we believe it will be 12 with a couple little... Uh, 
.5 episodes sprinkled in we've there. We've got a few .5ers for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we've, got, we've got so many fun things in store. All of the things. Um, but so, so that and also... Uh, and Jen, I don't know if you listened to this, but uh, Rivers did a uh, WTF with Mark Maron. Oh, I didn't. Um, you should listen oh, to I it. I should listen to and it. I bet I love it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. It's not, it, I, I, I mean, yeah. He's, hmm? he's fascinating. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. That I wouldn't be his friend, but he sounds like a very interesting human being. I do feel like now I would be his friend. Really? Based on the, the what the fuck? Based on the what the fuck and even based on... Uh, just like the his output from the last like couple years. Um, okay. You know, even even with a he still seems like a douchebag to me. <laughs> sure, he still seems like a douchebag. But, but I guess like, I have friends who are douchebags. Absolutely, we all have friends who are douchebags. <laughs> we have some mutual friends who are douchebags. <laughs> That's true. Actually, we were just discussing this last night, and you and I have basically the same set of friends. Yeah. So. Very good. That's what it is. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, so we won't talk about that. Uh, what the fuck now? What, what are we talking about next week? Um, n- <laughs> next, is- next week is. Oh, we'll, we'll talk about it next week. So um, next week we're going to talk the about. The re-release of Blue with Dusty Gems and Raw Nuggets. Correct. So a lot of that we've already discussed Um you know, like the the B sides from Blue and all yeah. of that. Um, so we're going to talk about that and, and make believe, um, which I do have things to say about. Oh, I got plenty of things to say. Fantastic. Uh, but we'll we'll throw some in once I've had a chance to listen to the uh, what the fuck. The what the fuck. Right. It's Rivers and Mark. Right, Marin. Mark and Marin. Cuomo. Marin, respectively. Ma- oh God. Yep. Right. Yes. <laughs> it works out. That's the way the math works. Is that math or syntax? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I feel like syntax is where language becomes math. Oh, my God. I, did I just blow your mind a little bit? My mind is blown. I was an English major. Anyway. Um, so let's let's talk uh, just a little bit about... Um, the Lion and the Witch EP? Oh, okay. So is yes. that what you were going to say? That is what I was going to say. I was, I was going to be less elegant than just stating the name of the record. Oh, um, what were you going to say? I don't know. Oh I was God. working on it in my head, All and I'm glad know. you bailed me out. <laughs> okay. And now I'm horrified that you're dragging me back into it. <laughs> I'm sorry. We'll, we'll pretend like that never happened. So we're going to talk about the Lion and the Witch EP. Uh, now, the Lion and the Witch EP is a collection of live recordings mm-hmm. um, from a tour that um, the band had embarked on after Green. And with um, Scott Schreiner, is that his name? Yeah, Scott Schreiner. Scott Schreiner um, on bass. Um, and uh, So we've already ditched Mikey Welsh. We've ditched Mikey Welsh, um, who, you know, is was there as a result of ditching Matt Sharp. Matty Sharp. Can we, is everyone just... I don't think so. <laughs> Scotty Schreiner. Scotty Schreiner. Every basis that Weezer has ever had just has a Y at the end of their name. Thanks, Mikey. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that's. I think that's a solid rule. I also think that most Scots should be okay being Scotties. I suppose, as long as Scotty knows. What do you mean? As, as long as Scotty knows that you're calling him Scotty. Right, because if Scotty doesn't know, then you have a bad song on your hands. You are making some kind of reference <laughs> that I'm not getting. <laughs> Scotty doesn't know as a song. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Glad we cleared that up. <laughs> Sorry about that. What's what is Scotty doesn't know? Is that a song I should know? Um, I thought it was a, a pretty popular song at one point. It, that does. That, 
it could well be a popular song. I just might not know it. Yeah, it was. Uh, I guess maybe it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just a, no, no. You got to find it, out what this it is. Hit, it hit number fifty three on the U.S. Billboard Pop Chart. What year? <laughs> In uh, uh, wait, what year? Oh, two thousand four. <laughs> it was written for the film Euro Trip. Oh, Euro <laughs> Trip. That's oh, a movie that borders man. on unwatchable. <laughs> Anyways, it's Euro Trip is about as bad as the Neverending Story three in Japanese. It's oh, about dear. that bad. Oh dear, I haven't seen that, and I don't wish to. Um, do you know who's uh, there's a surprise like celebrity um, cameo in Neverending Story three, and it's uh, Jack Black is in the Neverending Story three. <laughs> Really? Yeah, he like is in a band in. Sounds whatever. about right. Yeah, right. <laughs> was the poster preschool school of rock? <laughs> my, my... You just got messed up because of the the word preschool, and you were like, "Wait, am I saying?" <laughs> no, I wasn't. It's definitely not preschool up. of rock. I got messed up because I was confusing school of rock and schoolhouse rock. <laughs> okay, so it would have been post schoolhouse rock, <laughs> right? But preschool pre of, of rock. rock. Yes. Okay. Good. Um, I mean, it, this might have even been like preschool pre Mr. Show, even. Oh, man. But I don't you know. Anyway. Working out the timeline on The Never Ending Story 3. It's enough about Lustra's Scotty Doesn't Know. Lustra's? Lustra. We the artist. Well, look, I didn't even know that that was the artist. I had to look it up. Th- this will be. <laughs> Scotty doesn't know will be our transition music during during our break. Sounds great. Great. Um, but so the Lion and the Witch EP. Yes. Um, so this is sourced from recordings during this tour. Blah blah blah. Um, and uh, one of like the hallmarks of this tour, evidently, was that um, the band was playing uh, music from all the way back in their catalog. Um, while they were touring in support of Green, it was mostly like Green heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like songs from that era. And so this was like the first time that they were really like dipping back into the catalog to play shit from blue and Pinkerton. And generally the, um, set list, uh, came about randomly. They would just be like this song, this song, this song, this yeah. song. Um, and so this is, uh, um, on the line in the witch here, uh, the last track is holiday. Um, and there's a little note in here in, in the liner notes of, uh, the album, which Patrick yeah. has the actual CD in front of him right now. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I went to a store, a record store. Amoeba. I went to Amoeba. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I bought this, uh, gently used copy of Weezer's the line and the witch. Oh, were there any scratches on it? Um, it, I miss the days of scratch CDs. No, I mean, it has a sticker on it that says guaranteed to play. Oh, good. Um, but, you know, like, beyond, they don't guarantee anything beyond that. And, like, mm-hmm. the thing's a little beat up. Um, but it's it's numbered. Look, there's, like, a little serial okay. number on here. Look at that. So, in any event, Holiday is on this record. And uh, this recording was evidently Scott Schreiner's first time playing the song. Oh, wow. Um, and you can hear Rivers at the beginning of the song saying, like, it starts on D. Um, like reminding him, oh man, uh, how the song goes. So like Shriner's picking up a lot of this stuff on the fly, wow. and you know, as there there were evidently all these like quick cram sessions going into the performances. Um, oh yeah, actually, I 
it's been a while since I've actually listened to the CP, but now that I'm reading back through some of the info about it, I remember hearing these things. Yeah, the, like hearing the... Scott Trainer like, fucks up. Yes. Uh, well, he, he fucks up, but he also sort of saves it, because the, the thing that he starts to drop the ball on is um, during bridge. that bridge. Yeah. yeah, where it's like, and we... Will write right. a post, post card every day or to whatever. Our the, friends to our family. friends, oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I guess I would have fucked it up too. <laughs> um. So yeah, he doesn't like come in with it right away, uh, and but eventually just like steps up to the mic because it's evident that there's a hole that he needs to fill, and um, he just makes some shit up. And he, he just does it. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's sloppy as hell, but like a a lot of this record is sloppy as hell. They play, um, El Scorcho and Rivers, uh, drops the second verse, the second verse, yeah, which is the best one. It's the the Green Day concert one. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) what? Yeah. He forgets it. He started singing the third verse. Is that what happens? You start singing the third verse. Yeah. He started singing the third verse during the second verse. Um, so Jen, what what are your just your general uh impressions on this? Now that we've established what it is, right. which I, is a weird little like museum of Scott, a, Scott Trider's first attempts it's at so playing. So weird, songs. but it's like fun. Yeah. I don't know, it's just fun to hear those like little fuck ups. They're real people. They're people just like you and me. Just like me? Just like you and me. Oh, oh, I I understand. They're people just like you who mess up all the time. Just like me? I do mess up <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Um, they, uh, I, uh, yes, sorry. I stumbled around a little bit like an idiot. Uh, um, Patrick. that's an example of me messing up one of the many times. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will agree that it's, it's nice to hear the little mistakes, um, or the like sort of structural mistakes, like, yeah. you know, forgetting something or realizing too late that you had to sing like background vocals on something. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but there are some of the so the, the record starts with dope nose right mm-hmm. um and uh you know dope nose has that whoa whoa yeah. and i'm singing it very poorly right now um but uh like rivers just like he goes for it yeah. goes for that like first note and it's right maybe 10% of the time yeah like it's usually well i mean but right. i don't blame him cuz that's a that was a tough choice yeah, I agree. I agree, but it's also like it sounds so. And obviously, we have not yet talked about Melodroit, but it's so clean on the record. Yeah, obviously, because they had the a million takes, whatever. Right, and maybe a little pitch correcting. Right. Who knows? I'm not going to accuse anyone of, but everyone pitch corrects. Oh my god! At least a little bit. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Jed. I didn't mean to offend you. I like to think of everything as just just natural talent, and well, sometimes it's just not, and I have to accept that. Yeah, you do, and that's why we're here, so you can accept that not everything is natural talent. Um, but let, let's listen to uh, the way this thing starts. Um, for, there's just some sort of like ambient jamming at first, which yeah. maybe you and I can just sort of chat over. <clears throat> um, you know, obviously, it's a live show. They're in Japan. Yeah. Um, River, Rivers loves his Japan. He does. And Japan seems to love Rivers. It's true. It's a mutual admiration society. 
Is this the part we're supposed to be chatting over? Yeah, because there's not. Yeah, and then stopped chatting entirely. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's uh just a little. It's pleasant. Yeah, just like hey guys, let's let's get ready to hear a song you've never heard before because yeah. this came out in advance mm-hmm. of this record coming out. Oh yeah, no, now they're getting ready for it. Pat joined in. That's that's when you know they mean business. <laughs> when Pat comes in. Mm-hmm. This, this is milking it. Oh, yeah. This is where a minute in. They're just having fun diddling now. I guess I mean, diddling's a great time, so I can't, can't possibly. And the fans that. are clearly into it. Yeah, I, the, the fans are actually into most of this, even when they're fucking up. Yeah. Um, that's because the fans haven't really turned against them yet. No, that's true. Um, and in fact, a lot of like the recording process for Maladroit is, is the fans turning is against them. Is the fans them? turning against <laughs> the band? Oh man, good times. But we'll get we will get to we will get to that. This track is five minutes and twenty seconds long, and the song hasn't even started yet. Nope. For two minutes in. It doesn't even remotely resemble Dope Nose yet. Oh, is this us getting somewhere? Yeah, so here we go. Trying so hard. Yeah, he's really coming at the note like from the bottom, like. Aah! Like if I hit it low, I can slide up yeah, to that. I, yeah. <laughs> I just need to open my mouth and start singing and, and push my way up. Yeah. Um, it must they, have taken a lot to get that right on Maldroid. Uh Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's also possible that like that's the first song they're singing and it's just not like warmed up. Yeah. You know, um, I know for me personally, back when I used to play rock and roll shows. <laughs> Um, that my singing at the end of the night was always better than my singing at the beginning of the night. I would think that somewhere in the middle would be the sweet spot. Uh, you mean because like you end up blowing your voice out yeah. at some point? Uh, yeah, I guess that, I, that, that might be true. Um, I mean, I'm never, you know, I'm not Billy Joel. I'm not playing three hours or <laughs> <Yeah>. whatever. <laughs> I've just, I've never been a rock musician. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, Jen, I you don't try have, it. I don't have the experience of uh, a whole night. Of just just rocking out. Well, it's a, it's a great time. I recommend it. <laughs> Sounds lovely just to everyone. Oh, good. Um, but yeah, so the, there's still uh, some of that like not totally sure of pitch um, quality to his singing yeah. in uh, Island in the Sun, which is the second track. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially in those like eh eh. Yeah. Where it's just like, no, okay. That's not what you're trying to hit. Yeah. Well, and also, like, it's maybe just sort of a lazy vocal line anyway, right? Yes. And I think that when Rivers isn't super into whatever he's doing, he gets lazy with his vocals. Do you think that Rivers doesn't really care for Island in the Sun? Is that what you're postulating? Because I know you don't really care for Island in the Sun. I don't really care for Island in the Sun. I know that that's true. Yeah. 
That is true. It's true. I don't like that song. Okay. Um, and I would like to think that also Rivers hears me and knows me and knows that I don't like that song. So. And then traveled back in time. And was like, to I wish I wish I hadn't written this so that Jen Kleinrock would ha- n- never dislike it. Okay, but he didn't travel back in time far enough to not write the song, but right. just far enough back in time so that when recording a live version of it, he <laughs> Several, sang it lazily. What is this? Two years after the ori- Green Album came out in two thousand, right? Two thousand one. So one year after. Right. So so yeah, not quite far enough to not have ever written the right, song. Right. Uh, just far enough back to not put his biggest effort into it in so, 2002. Rivers Cuomo's a, a shitty time traveler. <laughs> yeah, he should watch more Doctor Who. I, I it's not. I don't <laughs> just think that's try work. it. I don't think I will. Just try it. Anyways, um, are there any of the other uh, tracks on here you want to talk about? There's a uh, cool. Um, it like, might be fun maybe. to listen to just like a minute or two of the screw ups. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, like, in either El Scorcho or Holiday. Uh, well, El Scorcho's n- actually not that much fun because he just stopped singing. Yeah, let's do Holiday then. Let's uh, listen to Scott Schreiner. Fuck things up. What? Okay. Just real fast. Yeah, that's the opening like the Holiday. Let's get back here. Ah. Yeah, boy. <laughs> okay, here, here it comes. <laughs> Rivers is so into the fuck up. Yep. We'll write a post, come to our friends, and with money. He won't stop laughing. He's supposed to have like a lead part there, right? Where he's like singing the higher. Yeah, there should be more harmonizing than there is right now. Yeah, you can hear him start it. And yeah. Just like start laughing. This, sorry, just, I know I've said this before, but this is just such a better song about a vacation than Island in the Sun is. <laughs> and it's weird that they're both on this EP, right? Yes, it is weird that they're both. And I've always had kind of a little bit of trouble remembering which one I like and which one I don't. <laughs> but it's not hard when I listen to them side by side. Also, yes. uh, Weezerpedia, my favorite website in the world, um, has told me that at the end, actually, when I first listened to this, after the, after the, uh, recording is through after they're done uh, rivers just says scotch is one of grammy he's making fun of him the whole time uh yeah they're just well, having a good old time and also um from the liner notes here hold on i thought there was something funny about this in here um Trick? don't nope i'm just uh oh i'm just wasting time here Ugh. i am just wasting time but uh yeah so, something about like Scott just won a Grammy. There, right. Like, that was some Nobel Prize shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> Rivers just being a dick. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also wanted to... Here's actually something from this that I actually genuinely like musically, um, instead of, you know, like as a weird portrait of them at that time. Uh-huh. Um, there's, uh, a, like, an extra lead guitar line in Falling For You. Ooh. In, like, the second verse. Let me see if I can find it. I'd like to ask for the Lord's help. <laughs> Turn him a rock star, God. Get flat, go with you. Cause I'm a burning candle, you're a gentle mom to 
Yeah, this. I'm not gonna find it. I didn't find it. I I apologize. There is there is an extra um uh like little lead guitar part. Um, it doesn't do anything. You know, it's not like a shreddy cool kind of thing. It's just another texture. Um, but it's neat. And I was listening to it on the way over here, and I thought that's neat. I should bring it up. And then I uh, like fumbled around with my car radio to see if it would give me like a timestamp of like how far, and I couldn't get it to do it. So. <clears throat> so that uh, valiant that just... effort, not quite a payoff though. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, that's all right. Hey, that's how life works. That is how life works, uh, and that's okay. Uh, I think we're probably done talking about this thing. Yeah, um, it's, it's not a very long EP. Uh, Jen, would you recommend that people seek this thing out? It's just fun to listen to. I would say. I don't know that it's vital to have. Okay, what? so that's not a recommendation or a counter-recommendation. I'm indecisive. <laughs> yeah, I will also go with that and say I'm indecisive. <laughs> yeah. And uh, If you like really like the six songs that are on it and are like, wow, listening to a like recorded live version will be fun and like seeing Rivers just being a dick would be fun. See, I, I feel like as a historical <laughs> document, it's interesting. Yeah, sure. But other than that, like I'm not going to listen to it for fun right you know what i mean like this is going i'm gonna put this in in my in my red bag here his red bag that he never pulls out except for when he's gonna come here and record an episode of this and i'll that's probably where i'll leave it you know what other cd is in here what uh return rentals (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so i do remember that so you know how often i will be listening to it not often guys look there's a lot more actual maladroit to talk about. A lot, in fact, all of the it. whole album. The whole, the whole lot of it. The whole of it. Um, and we are going to be joined by our good friend Greg, who just walked in. Hi, Greg. Wave, wave, Greg, to the listeners. Oh, he, he's waving. He's waving. All right. Um, so we're going to take a break, and we'll be back with Greg in just a minute. Mm. We are back from our break with our good friend. Greg Smith. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Greg, for being here. Uh, if you're just tuning in, which I don't know why you would be. Or even how that's possible. I <laughs> uh, mean, you would have had to start the... You you would, like, click play on the podcast and then decide, I'm going to skip to halfway through. Right. I don't like the beginnings to anything. Some, I mean, I, I could see like where... a type of person. Who doesn't like the beginnings to anything? Yeah, they come in halfway through movies and... Uh, that might not be a bad idea. They start seasons of TV shows in the middle. Just jump right to the second act. That's what you're supposed to do in improv. Yeah, cut to the cut to the chase. Yeah. Joining joining the scene in progress. Um. Anyways, if you did not <laughs> tune in, or if you're just tuning in, or if you wanted to tune in, <laughs> this anyone? Is- How about anyone? Let's just, like, widen it up as much as possible. Anybody, this is My Name is Weezer, where we talk about Weezer. Great. And today we're... Th- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is this is what you've gotten yourself into, Greg. Um, today we're talking about Maladroit. And first of all, let's talk about that title. The title. Fans uh, picked it. Yeah, evidently. Fans picked it? Yeah, sure did. There's a lot of... Um, how familiar are you, Greg, with the, like, process of recording this record? 
Uh, a little bit familiar. This this was um. Me and my brother were kind of heavy into Weezer growing up, and we did mm-hmm. a lot of like research on the um the nascent stages of the internet. Mm-hmm. So so I know some of the behind the scenes stuff. Now, how familiar how familiar are you with a website called Weezerpedia? I've never been. Oh man. Jen Jen's got it up. All, all, constantly while, while we're uh, discussing. It is yeah, bookmarked on my computer. <laughs> it was a big commitment. Ah. Pitchfork Media gave this a 5.4 out of 10. Those dingleberries. <laughs> Pitchfork, uh, it's they can, they like to savage Weezer records. They do. They um, really love that. Didn't they give... And, I mean... Uh, you know, make believe you know not a uh, fantastic record by any stretch of the imagination. But didn't they give it like a point eight? I'm sure oh or something, something like that, like <laughs> ridiculously low. It feels like it feels to me. I think for people like us and people like Pitchfork Media and music critics, so I would argue we're all kind of in a similar sort of uh, pop culture saturated kind of sure trying to like over intellectualize sure or yeah just really investigating something. Yeah, I think people like that, like us and like them. Weezer's kind of like a foundational childhood sort of important band to a mm-hmm. lot of us. And so when they put out a record like Make Believe, you know, I almost feel like the Pitchfork critic turns off kind of objectivity and turns on, this is an attack to me. This is something I love, like, hitting me in the face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. So they rated something ridiculous like a point eight. When there are plenty so of, low. There are plenty of decent songs on that album. I, I agree. Um, no, I, yeah. I, I totally agree with that, too. That um, I even sort of like Maladroit. Or not Maladroit, so much as Make Believe. Yeah, I, I sort of like Make Believe. Um, I sort of like it, too. But you, I love Maladroit. You love Maladroit. Might be my favorite Weezer album. That's wow, bold statement. That's fascinating. How old were you when Maladroit came out? This came out in two thousand two. Is that right? Yes. So I was twelve years old. Okay. In two thousand two, I was uh, I had graduated from high school, so I was. Uh, Greg and I are the same age. Right. Your children. And as everyone right. who has listened and, to this yeah, knows, that's right. Patrick is much older. I'm a grown-ass man. Patrick is... It's kind of like Patrick is Benjamin Button. Keep going. And we are like the little rascals. Yeah. I think that's a totally solid analogy. Mm -hmm. You can make lots of connections that prove that that's true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Oh, so 12. You're 12 when this uh, record comes out. Did you... uh, Had you already been listening to Weezer when this came out? Yes, uh, and like I said, um, Weezer to me is almost kind of synonymous with my relationship with my older brother. He's three years older than me, so he would have been 15. Uh, his name's Gordon. He's He lives in Detroit. He's currently like a musician and a, a great songwriter and stuff like that. And we would kind of filtered through him. We would like listen to Weezer all the time and play yeah. computer games and... What you can't you can't gasp into a microphone and then hand it back I don't, to the I didn't guest. Gasp in, <laughs> I don't think I gasped into the microphone. I just got very excited remembering that uh, what was I can't remember which EP it was, but there was one where you could only find it. Uh, it was like playing Tetris to Weezer. We've discussed this before on this show. Playing Tetris. To playing Tetris. It's a YouTube video <laughs> of somebody just playing Tetris with like one of the uh, EPs that we talked about going on in the background. Oh it, yeah. It might have been. Um, 
I don't. Oh, I think it was the Good Life EP. I'm pretty sure of that. <laughs> it's just, oh man. Yeah, that we were we were unable to secure actual copies <laughs> of of the record, and unable so to secure. Found video, we found this video. We found this video. Um, and you know there there are a lot of uh, Weezer recordings that you can find. Um, you know just by YouTube. Um, yeah, but, and I like growing up. My brother and I were big enough fans that we had like this burned CD that we sort of traded to each other back and forth of like rarities and B-sides of Weezer that we downloaded from like Kaza and LimeWire and stuff like that. So I'm familiar with like the kind of bootleg, uh, unofficial world of Weezer paraphernalia. I'd like to talk a little bit about Kaza. Yeah. I always said Kaza. Kaza. That's yeah. the big divide. Oh. We always said Kaza. So we're on opposite sides of this divide? I think so it would seem. But we grew up in similar places. You were from Wisconsin? Yeah, very southeast corner of Wisconsin. And I'm from uh, Detroit suburbs. Right. Well, different time zones. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's a time the, zone. The hour difference? Mm-hmm. That's what does it. That's right. That's, I firmly believe that. We just solved like a crisis here. Between you and I. A very personal crisis. Right. Um, uh, do you have... Uh, I'm going to take the win. Yeah, right. High five on it. There we go. Um, do you have, uh, like, records and video games that you associate, like, closely with each other just because you were... Yeah. Um, any, any like, fun examples of that? Yeah. Jump to mind? Um, played a lot of Counter-Strike on the computer. Yeah. Counter-Strike is a first-person shooter that you play online with lots of people who are invariably way the hell better than you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so the way I you know I would watch my brother play it and he was pretty good and we would blast Weezer from our stereo what album? Um, the the one that springs to mind most uh, quickly is the Green Album which is weird because that's not among there are, there are a lot of good songs in that but it's not among my favorite of Weezer stuff but we would blast the Green Album and play Counter-Strike. And <laughs> it's also sort of the weirdest one to blast. Yeah. Because it's so, like, it's, poppy. It's so yeah. poppy. <laughs> I feel like Maladroid is a good yeah, blasting Maladroid album. heavy, man. It's a blastable record, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And even Pinkerton. Pinkerton's a good blasty one. It's kind of an ink. Yeah, it's, got, it's angry, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my strongest video game record association is uh sonic adventure on yeah, the sega dreamcast mm-hmm. um that with uh blink 182's enema of the state that's a pretty good combo because there are songs on that sonic adventure soundtrack that sound kind of blink 182 ish and i think that's why i was comfortable making that substitution yeah. where i was like you know what i'd rather listen to pop punk that i know rather than pop punk <laughs> that i don't know <laughs> oh man Follow the we'll escape from the city. Do you remember that yeah, song? Yeah, yeah, no, I really, I, Follow that whole game. Me. That's a good song. Yeah, that is. That's like, um, that's like the main, like, Sonic theme. For, in the very first level, when you're, like, going down the, uh, traffic, it's like in a city. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. On a board. Yes, yeah, yes, that's correct. Greg, we should get together and play that game sometime. I would love to play Sonic Adventure with you. I still have my Sega Dreamcast. What? You believe it. I've seen it. It's true. Dreamcast is so many memories. Um, the Dreamcast was one of the things that I had to like do some serious soul searching when we moved out to LA. Where whether I was, to bring it? Yeah, whether to bring it or not. Um, because, you know, functionally, I, I never 
actually play the thing. It just sits there. It just sits there. It's a conversation piece at this point, mostly. I mean, we're having a conversation about it right now. And we're not even in the same room as it. (laughs) No, its presence is so large that it followed me here to your house, Jen. (laughs) Um, But Maladroit... Oh, okay, so the title is what I wanted to talk about. Oh, is that right? Yeah. This is how this podcast works. We wander around for a while, and then we find our way back to what we were talking about. Take a long walk. What, uh... First of all, isn't... uh, It's it's like a French word, yes? Or has French origins? I've heard um, people argue that it should not be pronounced maladroit uh, so much as maladroit. Maladroit. That's disgusting. (laughs) J'aime la record maladroit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm Do you speak French, Greg? I speak a little French. Wow. Um, I didn't know that. So then you obviously must feel very strongly about how we're supposed to pronounce the name of this record. Yeah, I am. I'm pretty steamed about it. Oh. Pretty uh, cheesed off. You're pretty cheesed off? Yeah. You look cheesed. I know. Threw a big smile on your face. <laughs> yeah, pretty happy. <laughs> Maladroit, doesn't it mean... It, it, it ha- it's kind of a negative word, right? Oh, it. I mean, mal is a... a yeah. Ne- yeah. Well, mal is bad, but adroit... Um, means like competently or well done. Right. But I think, so I think the word together means you just ain't doing it right. Sure. Or, yeah, sure. Does it, does it not define it on this Weezerpedia thing? It doesn't. Uh, this is one of the few faults I've found with this website. But Google will tell me what it means. Probably. Or Probably. <laughs> Do you work for Google? No. Okay. Well, guys, I've heard that... Um, Bing is better than Google. Have you guys heard this? Bing? That that Bing is better oh, than yeah. Google. Pat, please, oh, yeah. please leave. All right. Please leave my home. All right. Uh, so the <laughs> definition. Patrick has removed his headphones, put down the microphone, stood up, and walked into the kitchen, um, which is attached to the table that we are sitting at. Anyway, the definition of maladroit uh, is ineffective or bungling. Colon. Sorry. Semicolon. Clumsy. Synonyms are. Awkward, inept, clumsy, bumbling, incompetent, unskillful, heavy-handed, gauche, tactless, inconsiderate, undiplomatic, impolitic. Um, There are way more words, way more synonyms than there are words in the actual definition. So this to me feels like a a self-deprecating, self-effacing definition of how maybe rivers views himself well interestingly um i mean obviously by the way i'm back from the kitchen you guys oh i I know thank you i feel welcomed back we didn't get rid of him forever this time but next time time bing comes up i apologize um but the uh the album name is a suggestion by fans um so let's talk criticism (laughs) yeah it totally is and that has a lot to do with uh kind of well, sort of, and also just how Maladroit itself was made. So much of it um, was Rivers and the band putting together, or like recording all new songs, posting them online for the fans to download yeah, and critique. Yeah, I totally remember that. Yeah, and then taking the fans' notes and kind of reforming the songs to, to fit with what the fans want. I love like the narrative of this where, um, so like rivers was at first, uh, through their friend, Carl cock, um, like interacting with the fans on the message boards. And then 
Is um, that his last name? His last is K O C H, and we've chosen to pronounce it cock. But you like you dug into it. Yeah, for cock. sure. Cock. Well, here's the thing. I don't. I don't really know how to say cock. Is not 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 how I would express. I've heard it pronounced uh, coke or cook. Coke. Coach. The Coke brothers, isn't that? Like those horrible financial people? Isn't that how you pronounce their name? Are they also spelled that, that same way? Yes. Well, are we changing the, the pronunciation to Coke? No. I, was just very, I, I was expressing surprise. Because I really leaned into you it. you said cock. With well, here's like the ferocity. thing. It's like, it's like if, uh, if I'm made to say pussy for any reason. Sure. Like, it's not a word I would use. And I feel like I've just got to... You gotta, just got to own it. I just got to own it. Pussy. Hi, my name is Carl Pussy. So Carl Pussy is on the message boards. And, uh, you know, he's sort of enacting Rivers' will. Um, And then Rivers, wanting more direct access, starts posting on these message boards himself to, like, interact with fans under the name Ace, um, (laughs) a reference to Ace Freely. Sure. Um, All of this is from Weezerpedia. Yeah. Almost direct quotes. Well, I'm 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 not reading anything. This is just my excellent memory. I am. Great. Um, That that brings up an interesting kind of avenue to explore for me. I feel like a lot of the sort of angst or discontent that comes with the narrative of Weezer comes with Rivers sort of like making Pinkerton, which is kind of himself as pure and unfiltered as possible, everyone kind of rejecting it, and then him deciding, well, I'm going to give them exactly what they want. Which is the Green Album. Which is the Green Album. You could also maybe argue it's... Things like shitty pop songs on the Red Album and Ratitude and stuff like that. And so it kind of makes me wonder, like, is it better for him to try and, like, interface with the fans and give them what they want? Or is it better for him to just rip open his heart and... Like, he seems to be doing better now as a human being. Yeah, but when Rivers is doing well as a human being, it does not always mean good things for the world. Yeah. So I guess it's one person versus the many. Mm-hmm. Well, right, but I mean that's that's sort of like the like always the struggle. It, it, it's like an offshoot of the you know does the does a band or an artist you know stay what they've been or do they change in whatever way? Um, and like you know what drives that change? Um, is the change based on what was popular or like what worked um, or possibly what didn't work? Um, or just driven by like their own desire to explore um, different avenues. And I think it's clear that uh, Weezer more frequently is trying to either get away from something they did wrong right. or chase something that they think they did right. So it's kind of reactionary rather than progressive, maybe? Yeah, or, yeah, basically. Um, or it's, it's kind of how, how I see it. And you know, going directly to the fans seems like a a result of that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, in this case, it worked for me. I yeah, love, sure. I love Mallard, right? Um, I'm sorry. This Weezerpedia, what is up with Pitchfork Media, man? They list this album cover as one of the worst record covers of all time. I like this record cover. What's wrong with this record cover? It's a nice, it's like a kid sitting on a couch, right? It's like a weird little action figure looking. Yeah, thing. that's cool. It looks yeah. cool. It's evocative. It's interesting. What? I don't know. I remember also um, when the cover for Everything Will Be Alright in the End... I like that cover. Up. I love that cover. It's a cover. great cover. But I remember reading stories when uh, when it, when it they like showed the cover for the first time. People being like, fucking Weezer, <laughs> doing it again. People are going to say that, though, no matter what yeah. Weezer does. Like, There's a solid base of people who 
regardless of anything. It's just going to be like, man, fucking Weezer fucked it up again. Well, I just, I just don't agree with that. I just don't think they I'm fucked on your it up side, there. man. Don't yell at me. Yell at the fans. Uh, so, what were we talking about? How did we get? How did we get to? We were talking about fan interaction. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so with the fans saying, "Hey, you should call this record Maladroit." That's like a veiled what? insult. <laughs> Where does that come from? That's such a weird, fully formed. Like, do they know the specific post where that title was suggested or who the fan was who suggested it? Oh, man, that would be... I'm sure there's exhaustive research that one could do <laughs> to discover, you know, all of the interactions on the message boards. They um, have lives, though. So Yeah, but not important ones. <laughs> we are spending our Sunday afternoons talking about... A portion of our Sunday afternoon. Or not. All of it. I'm here all day. Great. When I leave, Greg will still be at my house. That's right. Talking about Maladroit. 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 <laughs> Je voudrais un maladroit. What does that mean? That means I would like a maladroit. Great. Uh, then, then let's hey, let's give you a maladroit. Let's talk Perfect. about let's talk about the actual record itself. Yeah. Um, I did want to. Briefly, I, yeah, I was. I've been listening, re-listening to this album. I remember we had, again, back to these like burnt CDs that my brother would. He's a really good artist. He would draw these goofy little doodles on them and like have fun with the Weezer logo with the two things mm-hmm. sticking mm-hmm. out and stuff like that. I remember we listened to an early version of Keep Fishing, where in the riff they go like ba do ba do ba do woo woo. Do you guys remember that at all? I don't think I, I actually. Um Maladroit's one of the records that I have like the like least immediate like attachment to. So like Patrick is making like a thing. I'm making yeah like there are, there are hooks. Yeah, My yeah. fingers are hooks. Um, I just I like that. I wanted them to know. No, well that's good. I'm glad we talked about it. Um, I meant that sincerely, Greg. I wasn't being facetious in any well, way. Well, with you, it's hard to tell. I know it is, Mister Sarcastic. That's what guys, they call me. Guys, calm down. Everything will be all right in the end. Stop being so cheesed. It's cheesing you so much. Maybe we shouldn't have had you on as a guest. Sorry, I'll calm down. No, it's okay. We need to work through these cheese issues. It's true. Um, Les issues, fromage. (laughs) So, no, I am not familiar with this recording where there's a woo-woo. They have that, and it's great. I loved it. It burred its way into my brain, and then in the studio version, they took it out for some reason. Do you uh, hear it, like, in your head yeah. when you listen to it now? Um, in uh, in college, uh, my buddy Paul and I... Um, Did you go to Lawrence Tech? I, Lawrence University. Lawrence University. In Appleton, Wisconsin. Um, my buddy Paul and I opened for Ben Queller, as I was uh, had just mentioned um, off mic earlier. Um, and Paul sang with Ben Queller... Um, on uh, a song Want- "Wanting You Again," which is on the uh, his country record "Changing Horses," mm-hmm. um, and that record hadn't come out yet. Um, but Paul uh, had requested it from the audience, uh, and Ben couldn't remember. In any event, Paul came up there and sang it with him, and was doing like all these harmonies and that's stuff. That's like the classic. That's what every super fan wants to happen. Yeah, it's it is like a fantasy. Like yeah. no one could believe it was actually happening yeah. at the time, um, but. Uh, you know, and my buddy Skyler was recording the concert, so you know I have this recording of Paul and Ben singing "Wanting You Again" um, together, and it's great. Uh, and 
on like the actual record when it came out like later that year or the next year or whatever um there's no backing vocals on it um but i just hear paul's vocals in my head over it um so the version in my head when i listen to it is much better than the version that's actually on the record um so i can relate to that uh Mm Um, do you do you remember any other like early versions of these yeah. songs? That I you... remember an early version of Burnt Jam. Um, I love Burnt Jam too. And on this early version of Burnt Jam, I want to say they recorded it like w- when Matt Sharp was still in the band. It's like an early demo, and there are no lyrics to it. They're just going do 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 do, and you can hear sound effects during like the intro of the of people going like (sighs) (laughs) that sounds about right for that song yeah and i remember my brother kind of i because i asked him like what 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 is what are these noises and he just didn't explain it to me he was trying well 12 year old greg yeah do you think he knew he knew yeah um in uh the beatles song girl um, tit, 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 tit. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, uh, what? Oh. <laughs> Yikes! Is, I, sorry, is, is there is there a sound where they go? Tit, 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 you know, in, in the girl? bridge uh, when you there are those harmony vocals. Tit, 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 tit. Yeah, yeah. That is the Beatles saying the word tit. Oh, they did that as like a dirty little joke. Tit, 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 tit. That's pretty good. I know. I was thinking of the uh, like in the chorus when they oh girl. With the breathing. Yeah, um, I always imagine that that was them. That was weed taking a taking another hit on the old taking a big old hit cigarette. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> that was a weird noise. I'm sorry about that. Um, anyway. Oh sure. Um, so I don't know about that Matt Sharp claim because um, pre Maladroit is Mikey Welsh because Scott Schreiner joins for Maladroit. This is the first album, yeah. Right. I want to say that. This demo recording of Burnt Jam, like, this song existed in the days of the Blue Album and Pinkerton. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know why I think this, but that's what I think. That's fair. I like uh, that there are those things that, like, get planted in your brain um, from, like, forever ago, and you don't know if, like, that's just something that you think is true because, like, your older brother said it, or, uh, <laughs> or like, if you had evidence... Um, can't think of an example of I, I i know i have that experience a lot and then i say it something that i believe to be fact and immediately like catch myself and be like wait i don't know if that's true or not <laughs> i'm pretty sure i've made a few of those claims on this already with lyrics that i thought were the lyrics i was listening to for many many years and then i looked up the lyrics and they were wildly wrong hey so that's a um did this uh did melodroid have a like did it have lyrics in the no, I think Make Believe was the first one with liner notes um, or with lyrics in the in the book. I yeah, think. in the liner notes because the Let me... certainly um, blue and green and Pinkerton didn't. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that that this one didn't. It says the first to contain oh, it is. Wow, Greg's a better reader than I am. Um, um, which included a special message thanking. The Weezer Bordies, as they were called. Is that what they call themselves? <laughs> the Bordies. Apparently. The Bordies. That's adorable. <laughs> um, were you guys, uh, w- when I was uh, younger, I was very into um, like reading through the lyrics in 
uh, as they were listed in the liner notes of a CD. Yeah. Um, and I remember being frustrated with Weezer CDs as they did not have did not have that until this one, which I, like I said, came to a little bit later and wasn't, um, you know, never really got totally uh, invested in. But, um, Greg, what's your favorite song on this record? Do you that, know? That's hard. Uh, man, alive. That's a hard question. Um, uh, we go for the the real tough stuff for this podcast. Jen, what's your favorite? That's easy. Oh, it's, it is Burnt Jam. It is Burnt Jam. Yes. Um, do we want to listen to a little bit of Burnt Jam and, and talk about it? Sure, I would love that. Greg's indifferent. I was just being polite. <laughs> beginning part of this song is just like makes me so it's like the sound of happiness it's a little bit lighter than um like a lot of the kind of rocking songs on the record it really is but not when you get to the chorus well yeah by the time you get but to like, the chorus you gotta be rocking this like beginning part of the song was just like i remember listening to it I wonder if that uh, that do 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 that's yeah. the one. <laughs> uh, if that, that's uh, spiritually similar to the uh, to the it's their way of appeasing me. <laughs> I think I I have a music theory kind of uh, a music theory theory as to why you perceive the intro to be pure happiness. I'm a weirdo, and I when I listen to music, my brain kind of can pick up and analyze the chord progressions that they're doing and stuff like that. Well, but I mean, you are a musician. I don't know if that makes you a weirdo. Maybe I, I feel a little weird sometimes. Okay. Um, Burnt Jam uses major sevenths chords a lot. That from the major seventh to the sixth. And that chord is often used in like soft rock and smooth kind of kind of music and it's used to convey like coast 103.5 what's that that was uh, great just did a, like a flyover radio station in los angeles oh, okay i bet i would love it i love soft rock 103.5 listen to it makes you feel good it's the kind of radio station that would have played delilah when she was still around mm-hmm. 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 she's not dead she's just not on the air anymore really delilah's not on the air anymore isn't that sad? It is makes that, me very sad. Is that her choice or? I hope so. I mean, they've I got hope like she some, went out on her own terms. Yeah, right. They've got some like. There's some chick basically doing Delilah's show who's trying to be Delilah, and I'm like, bitch, you ain't Delilah. <laughs> bitch, you ain't Delilah. Bitch, you ain't Delilah. Bitch, you ain't Delilah. Quit being a liar. Bitch, you ain't Delilah. Must sit on a beat. Oh, we got it. We'll revisit that one later. Great. <laughs> so yeah, Bird Jam has major sevenths. That's why it's pretty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's the sort of thesis of that. 
And it is. The beginning, like, that is, it's very pretty. And it's bouncy, and it's fun, and it's light. And then you get to the chorus, and you're like, whoa. Yeah. Which is, like, one of the really fun things, I think, is that, like, it sets up your expectations, and then it just, like, shatters them. Um, There's kind of a lot of that on this record. Like, Death and Destruction has a very... It's a very mellow song. It's very mellow until it gets to the chorus, where it's um, really heavy and really loud and really... Like crunchy guitars. Is that really cool? Like almost baroque. Yeah, that's one of the song. Sorry to interrupt. No, please. That song also the vocal melody line hangs out on a major seventh, which is why it's so pretty. He was really in love with that chord on this album. Maybe that's why I like it so much. That's probably my favorite chord in all music. That's interesting. Let's listen to Patrick. What's your favorite chord? Oh, I mean, my favorite chord. I'm a big sucker for the Petrushka chord of uh, two major chords stacked a tritone apart from each other. Whoa, so like a C and an F sharp? Mm-hmm. That would sound insane. Um, it's, uh, are you familiar at all with Petrushka? No. Nope. Um, it's a, uh, a ballet about a puppet. Um, Don't... You, you, your voice turned into like, I'm ashamed that I know this. Uh, no, I'm not ashamed that I cracked. know it. I just... I, I realized that as I was explaining it, like... There's no way it was going to be any fun to talk about it. Um, a ballet about a puppet? That sounds fun. It's a ballet it, about a couple puppet, puppets. Doesn't the puppet die? The puppet does die. Ooh. Um, but his, he's, so he's like a busted puppet. Um, busted. And, a busted uh, pit. He's a bust pit. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, that's his theme is the two major chords stacked on oh, uh, a tritone apart. That does. So just yeah, dun, 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 dun. It's, Who wrote it? Uh, it is um, Stravinsky. Oh, yeah. That he did the Rite of Spring, right? And Firebird, yeah. He that that music like literally caused a riots because it, it did so literally there. cause a riot. So that's yeah. just kind of his jam to just get weird. Yeah, to yeah. just like really make people hate what, <laughs> <laughs> what they're experiencing. Um, I, I like all three of those ballets uh, quite a bit. Nice. Um, and and you know Rivers doesn't use my favorite chord. Because it would ever be, did that would be an insane song. Yeah, no, I Jen that uh, the, the I don't know what that chord sounds like. So the the tritone is like. Uh, do you know the song Maria from West Side Story? Yes. Do 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 or the Simpsons. Um. Yes, I do know that song, and that would be weird for Rivers to use that. That's a tritone. It's uh, when they're sounded together. It's among the more like dissonant sounds um, that like your mind just wants it to resolve um and fix it um they they called it the devil's chord right because people back in the old days thought it was literally like the chord of the devil and mm-hmm, the mm-hmm, possessed mm-hmm. and stuff like that so uh when you have two major chords that are exactly a, a tritone apart you have three of that happening at once um so it's you know it's a it's an abrasive thing that you would not really hear in a pop tune got it great <laughs> Is moving it? on. Moving on. Music Theory with uh, Greg and Patrick. This has been Music Theory. This is the backdoor pilot to us. Uh, yes, this is the backdoor. <laughs> yep. <Spin off. laughs> Woo! Uh, do we want to listen to a little bit of Death and Destruction, which I contains no Petrushka, Petrushka chord? Petrushka. Petrushka. Uh, another like classic Weezer waltz. Thank you. 
I had considered that. songs and you can tell 100% and it is I'm so happy that he departed from that because when we were talking about green last week last week last episode which was a month ago that we recorded it we've already ruined we pulled the curtain back at the beginning of the episode (laughs) um there's just some anyways um yeah, we went through. I, I was convinced that there was uh, one solo on the record that wasn't just the melody. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we went we through every it. single guitar solo and couldn't find it because they were in the all. Sun, does it change a bit in the second half? I think uh, like a little bit, um, but not enough to yeah. construe a whole new. But there's none of that shit. The solos on Maladroit are fucking Kickin'. insane. Yeah, they're they're I good. Love them. They're they're real good. They're not uh, like crazy virtuosic I, I wouldn't say the dope nose one <clears throat> that one I have committed to memory and it's like the perfect guitar solo let's uh let's, let's hop to over it. to that sure. I know we didn't get too much of death and destruction but uh I, I, I was thinking dope nose might be my favorite song that's number two for me scooch up Okay, so we're headed into the chorus right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Do it. Like a perfect solo. Yeah, it is. A, it's a um, again in college uh, uh, made up the the term uh, fucking juice um, <laughs> when when's uh, a piece when you of going to a cafeteria. No, you, it's fucking juice. Fucking, fucking juice. juice. <laughs> give me some cranberry. You go into a juice bar in Los Angeles. Yeah. Just give me some fucking give me some juice. juice. Fucking juice. I'm Cold press, plan. please. No, guys, this is an adjective. Fucking juice. Uh, that you would say like. That usually for solos, um, that a solo is fucking juice when it is just what the piece needs at that point. It doesn't yeah. need to be particularly like virtuosic, or I, but that has all that like. It does, it does, it does. But it's, <laughs> but it doesn't feel like it. Uh, I don't know. There, there are sometimes where there's like a, a solo where like it's like awesome and like it can blow you away by its um, yeah by like how complicated or you know like that I feel like that solo doesn't blow me away so much as it feels like perfectly suited to that moment yeah I know exactly what I mean I would um, say that that's kind of true about all the solos on this record they're like he like crafted an independent melody yeah that just fits perfectly yeah and that yeah and that to me doesn't uh, like I was so used to hearing um, solos that aren't necessarily that you know that aren't necessarily like a, a keenly crafted me- yeah that aren't fucking juice um and that you know play more towards uh just like trying to be something explosive and and big and these are much more like meaningful purposeful mm-hmm. uh solos 
Um, but that was good. That was good, you guys. Singing. You did. Yeah. Very well. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go slap. High five both of you now. Perfect. Perfect. Patrick. Oh, now Jen and I will high five for no reason. Full circle. <laughs> Everyone um, has high five. Yeah. At this table. I have a sort of funny anecdote about Dope Nose. Um, there's that line in it, uh, fag of the year who could beat up your man. Uh, and I've decided at some point. Wait, really? Yes. Okay. Um, I decided at some point that I was going to share Maladroit with my father. So we were on an airplane and we were splitting headphones and, um, he listened to that and he's like, did they just say fag of the year? And I panicked and I was like, dad's going to get, this is another one of my parents are going to get mad at me because of the lyrics or content of Weezer. Um, and I was like, shit, no. So I was like, oh no, dad, they said fag of the air. Like, cause you know, in England they call cigarettes. Fags. What did you fag of the what? Of the air? Of the air. It made no sense. I like, but it got me off the hook with my father. I like that you didn't deny that they said fag. I just <laughs> chose an alternate definition. But I don't get how air makes it cigarette related. It doesn't. Cool. But your day, it works for your dad. I think I just bullshitted my way through the explanation enough that he was like, okay, whatever. He could see that you were like struggling to get out of this and he was like, I don't care that much. I've always been really good at lying. So it worked out just fine and dandy. What does that lyric mean? Uh, Fag of the year who could beat up your man. Yeah. means your man's real weak. Is that, is that, is is he, uh, Putting himself forth as fag of the year, or yeah, I bet throughout his life people probably called him that. Yeah, that's probably true. Seems right. Um, so he's kind of repurposing it and being sort of uh, aggressive, aggra- like an aggressively sarcastic twist of that insult. Well, and like the whole song is kind of about like uh, aggressively owning your identity, right? Like because there's yeah. this like for the times you want to go and bust rhymes real slow. Um, I'll all and slap you on the face oh, and enjoy the show. Um, <laughs> Always posturing. Yeah, I, 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 this feels like good posturing, though. This is like the posturing and the like. I'm going to be a certain way. Yeah. I don't know. It feels more positive to me than. Um, What's with these homies dissing my girl? I, I was gonna go with uh, Beverly Hills. That's where I want to be. But yeah, gimme, gimme. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Um, let, can we talk about Keep Fishing a little bit? Yeah. Um, and we'll get to the music video. I hope we do. Because we would be fools not to. I don't know that I've ever seen this music video. You what? It has the Muppets in it. Oh my God. How did I not see the what? music video? This, this is actually news to you? You didn't know that this video has the, that Weezer made a video with the Muppets. I didn't know that. Jen. It's, it's, uh, wow. I'm happy you get to experience it for the first time. Yeah, me too. Um, I feel like we just have to talk I about it I feel like now. I just disappointed everybody, <laughs> yeah. and I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, well, now my observation about the, just the music is going to be... I still want to hear no your good. observation about the music. My observation about the music is just that I really like the opening bass riff. Scott really kind of kicks it on this album all of the stuff like you say it's fucking juice yes when he does kind of do a little riffing it's it's tasteful it's exactly what the song needs yeah and and never something that like uh sharp was bringing 
to the group back in the day. Like there aren't uh, like nice base fills on blue or Pinkerton or green. Yeah, or green. I mean, green is just straight up. It's just the playing quarter yeah. notes, y'all, <laughs> or eighth notes, depending on uh, depending on it. But let's listen just to the beginning because Pat also lays down a nice like just little drum thing, and then I, I like it a lot. thinking what were they thinking and the muppets could have done that in the video yeah oh that would have been perfect for the muppets to do in the video while we're talking about the muppets and alternate mixes the music video has a different mix i don't know if you remember this i don't really it starts with like an acoustic guitar kind of yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and everything about it is a little different and it's another thing i don't know if it's better than this recording but it's a little more dynamic sure and i kind of wish they had released it like as a studio version Hmm. That would I. That's always weird, right? Like, um, I think mixes for uh, out or for music videos are, are frequently a little bit different. Like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, you're not going to be watching a music video with like headphones or whatever. So it would make sense Nowadays that just. You are. Yeah, that's true. But in this day and age, no, you were not. You were watching them on MTV. Man, MTV. Were they showing videos in 2002? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Tail end. Tail end. Yeah, we were we were near the the end, but I mean, I was watching videos on MTV till high school, which was like 2005 to 2008. They were still playing them. <laughs> um, so it would have been different for them, but yeah. So, uh, but I, I like I've noticed that for um, you know, like any any band that like I really get into um, their discography or uh, videos that the video experience is going to be audibly different than mm-hmm. um and there's no there's no real place where they like collate those and be like here are the yeah. video mixes of of stuff hip-hop artists do that a lot too not to go on a tangent but especially one of my favorites kanye west mm-hmm. his video mixes invariably do something like way cooler and different than the studio record and i'm yeah. just like why didn't you do this for the album why did you why did you wait? I don't. Uh. He also weird can like weirdly truncate stuff, mm-hmm. um, or like I remember, um, it's just called power on. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. The video for that is like a minute thirty. Yeah, and it just ends. And it's cool as shit, but it then it, cool it just shit. ends. Um, and like the video for uh, Runaway um, has a lot it's of like extra stuff minutes. in it. Yeah, <laughs> it goes on forever. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, I think we're all glossing over the video from Bound Two. Yeah, that's a weird ass video, and they, he did something different. <laughs> something real different in that one. He starts that uh, the the audio of the video version with what's his name, Charlie Wilson's like song refrain. Yeah, that's right. That he doesn't do on the album, and it makes it a little more cohesive. I don't know why he just didn't do that for the album. Kanye, where are you? Come defend yourself. <laughs> Kanye West, we are at Jen's house. Kanye, please don't come to my house. I don't think you'd like it. What? You would love it. It's, it's a totally hospitable environment. There's no reason anyone would not like it. This does not seem like Kanye's kind of place. Well, look, if Kanye West wants to come to your house and talk about Weezer with us. <laughs> okay, I'd allow that. Right. Only if he comes and talks about Weezer with us. Because mm-hmm. I think that'd be real weird. It would be. I bet Kanye, like, has respect for Weezer. I bet he knows more about Weezer than we would think he would. Just because he's the kind of guy who knows more about just about anything yeah, than we think he he's would? he's a cultural omnivore. Mm-hmm. Uh, he used to have this blog 
that I would follow in college. He did? Yeah. Amazing. Where he would just blog, he would like blog pictures of like fucking curtains. Like curtains that he enjoyed. <laughs> or songs that he enjoyed or arts. He, he, and it was him doing it. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did Kanye West invent Pinterest? He may have. He may have invented Pinterest. Mm-hmm. I think he would have told us though if he'd invented P- Pinterest. I don't yeah, think he would have. He wouldn't have shut up about it. He wouldn't let Pinterest exist if he had invented Pinterest, right? Yeah. No, I'll, I'll back that. Hundred percent. Um, Weezer. Right, Weezer. <laughs> uh, Weezer, an American rock band. Um, uh, other thoughts, um, just about specific songs. Uh, you guys want to? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, there are some heavy ass songs on this record, which I am into. I feel like the three that are the heaviest, just looking at them all in a row, American Gigolo, Take Control and Fall Together. Those are like bitchin' songs and they're kind of dark and, and spooky almost. Uh, you want to take one of those for a spin? Let's listen to Fall Together. It, um, it was one of them that... I listened to it on uh, my run, this record, on my run this morning. Oh, I did that yesterday. Um, hey, how bad. Maladroit run buddies. I don't run. Uh, we could be maladroit run buddies together someday. Oh my god, can you take pictures when you do that? That'd be I'm so not cute. Very, I'm not a terribly fast or effective runner. I'm also not a very effective runner, so... Okay. Aren't you training for a marathon? I am in pre-training for a marathon. <laughs> What's that? I said, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Yes, very prestigious. Mm-hmm. Um, but fall together uh, kind of jumped out at me. So let's let's uh, give that one a spin. Jen and I have talked a number of times about how uh, in high school I was mostly just listening to and performing ska, ska music. Hey! So those... Uh, Did you like ska too? Yeah, I played drums for a ska band for a little bit. And I mostly played in, in ska bands in, in high school. What did you play? Bass. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but just hearing those like really heavy uh, like uh, uh, offbeats, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Takes me back and feels good. Oh yeah, feels fun. Uh, let's let this. Feels skank. like ska. You skank. A skanking is still like my preferred method. It's of, a good dance. It's, it's not a bad dance. It's a ton of fun and will wear you out in like, yeah. like right away. Who needs running when you have skanking? Exactly. You cardio in that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just put on a real big fish record. Go to town. And skank the night away. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let this ride a little bit. Let's let this ride a little bit. That's a cool little like uh, accent, um, like the guitar uh, thing that happens there, going back into the verse. Um, is the actual guitar solo in this sort of weird, or have like a strange quality to it? 
This is the part where it's like. Uh, should we find that? To, 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 to check your work. <laughs> I don't have one that that one memorized. Okay, well let, let's let's. I was close. Let's see. I, think. I feel like all of them. When I get to them, I could you know sing along that. immediately. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know that I could just pull any of them out, except for maybe Buddy Holly. And just like oh, that solo has that. Oh, that's my favorite. <laughs> that's yeah, my that's favorite. Perfect. We talked about that. I just lost my headphone. We talked about that on when we were talking about the blue record. Do you mind if I briefly digress with an anecdote about Buddy? Holly? Please go for it. So my brother and I were in a band together uh, called the Fran Project Experience. The Fram? Fran. Fran. Okay. Fran. Like, like an old lady. Yep. The Fran Project Experience, and I played drums, he played guitar, our mutual friend Drew was another yes. guitarist, uh, and we had a friend on bass, and my brother was the main songwriter, and a lot of his stuff was kind of Weezer-influenced, but when we were first starting out, we did this gig for a charity walk for cancer, uh, and one of the songs we covered was Buddy Holly, and we they did not plan this well, because everyone arrived to this charity walk, Right. we started playing. They requested that we play Walking on Sunshine, because it's a walk, you know. Sure. It's it, thematically uh, appropriate? Yeah. yeah. Right. And as we played that, I'm walking on... Everyone just got up and, and walked away, because it was a cancer yeah. walk. And then we realized, hey, we have an entire set of music. <laughs> that no one's going to hear. Everyone has left. <laughs> and the people who ran the event were like, just, just play it. <laughs> So we covered Buddy Holly to no one. To nobody. It was fun. Um, I have a, a cancer walk story. Um, what, Jen, did you have? I, I don't okay. really have a cancer walk story. I'll just I'm share mine briefly. Uh, this isn't about performing music, but rather about the music that they were playing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it was one of these, uh, the Relay for Life that goes all night yeah. long. Oh, wait. I have done that. Anyway, go oh, ahead. Great. Good for you. Hey. Fighting the good fight, guys. Um, but, uh, you know, at some point, like, you know, 10 o'clock at night, when people start to, like, feel like, oh, God, this is long, and we got to have someone on that track at all times, um, they put on uh, a Queen Greatest Hits record, which One is, like... Favorite albums growing up. It's a, it, and it's a great, like, booster, and everyone's into it, because it's Queen, and why would you not be? Um, but the problem with playing a Queen Greatest Hits record at a cancer walk is that you are going to get to another one bites the dust? Ooh. Oh, <laughs> ouch! <laughs> and so an event organizer has to scramble to the <laughs> get to the PA system. <laughs> That's awful. And true. That's um, because this doesn't really have anything to do with anything, but because I also <laughs> want to tell a cancer walk story because mm-hmm. uh, I'm feeling left out. Um, we did we did relay for life at uh, my school, and I never actually participated in the entire event because it invariably happened to be on the same night as, that I had an improv show. So I always like did I, you do I improv was improv in high school. No, in college. Oh, in college. Okay. Yeah. Where did you go? Uh, Brandeis University. Is that where? It's you're... outside Boston. Cool. Yeah, um, that's where I started doing improv. Um, but anyway, my. My best friend from college's acapella group would always sing at like the Luminaria ceremony before. I guess I guess it was during the the Relay for Life walk, um, but they would like put up a whole bunch of Luminaria for like all the people who had been lost to cancer, and then the acapella group would sing like 
every year just the saddest song in their repertoire. And every single person in that auditorium would just sob. And and then they would do the meanest thing where they would turn all the lights back on. And so all of a sudden, yeah, everyone had to look at each other's tears. And you would see, like, these, like, big, like, dudes who don't cry. And they're, like, covering their eyes and trying, like, not to be seen like this. And it was, it seemed a little cruel to me. It's kind of cathartic, I guess. I, I mean, yeah. Get all that out of you all at once. Everyone, like, sh- like it is. it does feel good to share a cry. Sure. With people, I'm. But, I would always rather cry by myself. I think I agree with you. I think I actually that you would rather cry by. Well, I, yeah, I'm mortified. I'm mortified when people see me cry. Well, okay, More. it's like my one of my biggest things that I hate. I mean, I will agree with that though because bringing up the lights that sounds cruel. Yes. Um, I one of the, one of the things I always loved about the movie Up is that. Um, the big cry in that movie comes is in the first ten minutes. Comes in the first ten minutes, and if you're seeing it in the theater, you're wearing 3D glasses, <laughs> so no, no one can see that you're crying, but everyone knows, yeah. and you're just feeling that cry together. I saw speaking of Pixar, Toy Story three, yeah, with Ooh. a couple of my like childhood best friends, and that movie ended, and I was choking up and getting teary eyed. <laughs> As oh, we wait. drove home, sorry. No, when, uh, just for, for context, um, what period in your life would that have been? Like uh, a year after we started college. That's right. A year after you started college. Okay. So, like, where so we, we grew up pretty much yeah. almost neck and neck with Andy. I with think it, we were like yeah. a year ahead of him. That is correct. Oh, it hurt. Yeah, and just as we were driving home, the car was silent. <laughs> <laughs> like my girlfriend and I after Gone Girl. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> That was like a, a Jay Leno monologue joke or something. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Seen this? You heard about this? Got this uh, Gone Girl here. Uh, uh, but um, so so it was a, a big emotional moment for yeah, and I actually, everyone. The car was the car ride was so silent and awkward that I just said, "Did y'all cry during that?" And they said, "Yes." Thank you. You broke the tension. Oh. Yeah. It felt felt good. So in that moment, it was good to kind of share. I don't think I've heard of a single person who is uh, our age or around our age that did not cry during that movie. It's intense. It, it brings up a lot of... I've been thinking about this a lot lately. About And this talking about Weezer kind of reminds me of it. Just how much of our adult life, I'm putting that in quotes, um, is kind of revolved around trying to get at the joy or the positive feelings of like childhood where there's a lot less responsibility things like toys and pop music you you have like the time and energy to make those mean a lot to you so i watching toy story 3 listening to weezer kind of like hits on these big things for me anyway no i get that i i think a lot of um you know a lot of what i end up doing is also like trying to celebrate those things that i liked as a kid and like legitimize them yeah uh, as an adult to be like those things that brought me joy then can now bring like adult joy and also grown up joy i'll say grown up joy (laughs) yeah that's less dirty yeah a little little dirty right um but yeah i and i feel like also a lot of a lot of things like that have I've spent a lot of time thinking about why they were important to me when I was a kid and, like, why they mattered a lot. Like, 
Gilmore Girls is on Netflix now, and that was like that, that. People are going insane over that being on Netflix. That was a lot of people really liked Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Gilmore Girls is like my show. Like I feel like almost everybody has that one show that they watched when they were a kid that like was their show that they knew everything about that they watched every episode everything, and that was mine. And now that I'm watching it as an adult, I realize like I love that show because I like it's it feels like my life watching it like most of my childhood my mom was a single mom and uh i have grandparents um who are like wealthy and uh have supported me for a lot of my adulthood and i like just so much of it is like just hits these notes that i'm like holy shit like that's why i liked this when i was a kid because i like really like associated with it well the thing that makes that uh like even more rewarding is like it's so nice to feel that something you liked as a kid wasn't garbage <laughs> because so many of those trips back down memory lane are like oh i don't like this at all now yeah. this is the care bears are bad you guys there's nothing good there um yeah so like when, when you when you can make something when you can make the things you liked uh when you were younger mean something to you as an adult um, there's something very complete about that. Yeah. Um, Should we get back to Weezer? <laughs> I think that was that was back to Weezer. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was very good. Inclusive of Weezer. Were we going to try to listen to the guitar solo and fall together? Oh yeah. <laughs> and you were going to sing to it. Let's. Uh, I'm just stabbing at the track here, so let's see where we are. Awesome drum thing where he kind of like almost gets off the beat, but then yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like stumbles around and then back into it. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's weird to me trying to like put sort of emotional or intellectual thoughts to Weezer because, like I said, most music I listen to, I listen to on a very nuts and bolts technical formal. How is this constructed? Mm -hmm. What chords and notes and melodies are they using? Kind of level. So I almost, like, don't 100% know the lyrics to a lot of these songs. So I, I, I don't, I don't, I couldn't really tell you what Fall Together is about. I just know I love the way it feels. I love the chords they use, the riffs. Um, I, I would say that, for me, this record, more than, like, any of the rest of them, I don't know has a, like, lyrical identity. Yeah, I think I agree with that. And I, I am also... I listen to the music and not the lyrics, and mm -hmm. we've talked about that before. Patrick's more of a lyric... Oh, cool. person than I am personally. Not uh, that I'm more listening to lyrics over music, but just, just more than that me. I also you like choose lyrics. to not be in denial about, about some of the lyrics. And stuff. We had to have a conversation about the uh, uh, thematic undertones of sexual assault in Butterfly. Whoa! Yeah, it was a really deep episode. Mm -hmm. Um, so deep that I talked about it in therapy the next week and my mind was blown, which I talked about on the next episode. Guys, this podcast uh, is great. <laughs> do you like... I, I go to a therapist. I like it a lot. Do you like it? I actually stopped going to her um, just because I didn't really have the money for the copay. 
Yeah, um, cool. But I got a job, so I theoretically could go back. Um, but yeah, I, I liked her while I was there. Um, I tried to just bring it up like Weezer to a therapist. I have found that I, <laughs> <laughs> when I'm talking to mine, I will frame things in terms of pop culture all the time. And I'll frame things in terms of pop culture that I think are ubiquitous. I think they're everywhere. I think I would have thought that everyone knows who's on first. Yeah, you the therapist would think. didn't know who's she on first. Know. I said, "Do you know that?" And she just kind of went. And I was like, "Who am I?" <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not you. That's her. You think so? Yeah. I'm gonna tell her next time. <laughs> You're. The I mean, I one. hope she's. I hope she's yeah. working for you. But that's she's, like yeah, my my the therapist that I was going to was incredibly well versed in like in pop, music yeah. and pop culture and every like she knew who Weezer was. Um, <laughs> she knew. Uh, she knew who like Wilco was. She like I guess she kind of got Weezer and Wilco confused just because their band like because they start band. with W's that's tough. Um, but I was like shocked at how much she knew yeah. about. I'm like I had like mentioned Spoon to her at one point. She was like, they just put out a new album, didn't they? And I'm like, why do you know that? <laughs> how old is she? She's like a I would guess mid fifties. Oh wow! Yeah, she's like a like a grown ass woman. Yeah, my therapist is like. Kind of youngerish, like early thirties, I would say. You think maybe that's she, why she missed the uh, who's on first? Because that's not a uh, like the younger you are, probably the less likely you are to know who's on first, right? I guess. Unless you're a, a big old comedy nerd like me, grown up. Yeah, no, that's fair. Well, you can go back to her and you can say that you had a conversation with two of your friends who do comedy, and we validated you. Thank right? You. Thanks, guys. So she's out of her mind for not knowing yep. that. So I think it's only fair that this session is free. <laughs> Those are the rules. <laughs> that's right. If you don't get my reference, then this session is free. Um, that would like go purposely with esoteric, yeah. like. Ah, uh, just last week I had a really rough time at work. It was just a lot like Eisenstein's Battleship Potemkin. You know what I mean? You know? And then she's, she's like, "Damn it!" <laughs> she's got like Google in her pocket. <laughs> uh, I want to talk just a tiny bit about December. Okay, it's kind of. I'm totally just hijacking you. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm sorry. Re-listening to it this time around, I thought it was a beautiful way to end this album. That's exactly pretty much what I was going to say. And we had talked about it before uh, when we were talking about the Green Album, um, because the end of the Green Album, uh, which is the last track, is yeah. What is the last track? The last track of the Green Album is "Oh Girlfriend," which is not a special song. It's whatever. It's fine. It's not great. Um, but the last track. Of the blue album is only, only in dreams. dreams, and the last track of the of Pinkerton is Butterfly, which are both like they're both special really tracks, yeah. special ways to close out the album. And I think that I was really disappointed in the Green Album that they did not even really attempt to do that because there's no way that Oh Girlfriend could ever be construed as like anything in comparison with like. I mean, I guess it's not even really a comparison, but it's just not a special way to close the album. But I thought that December did. An adequate job of that. Mm, it adequate. is adequately special. It is adequately special in comparison with Only in Dreams and Butterfly. Yeah. Butterfly being my favorite Weezer song. Nice. Um, I don't know. I, I'm a big softy, so I just like the idea of only love can, I'm forgetting the words, can stop the pain. Can ease the pain. Ease the pain. Just that it all centers around like only love. That's, that's pretty, pretty yeah. amazing to me. I don't know. 
Um, do you guys have a <clears throat> excuse me a little bit of a hard time with the names of the songs on this record? Yeah, and I always they it feel took less me a long intuitive. time to learn that December was that song because they like Love Explosion is a more accurate title. Yeah, exactly. But that's the track before it. Yeah. Um, I uh, also on my run this morning um, remember thinking that this album closes just in generally pretty strong. Um, that I I think I like possibilities uh love explosion and december as like a way to just mm-hmm. you know it's it's one more like shot in the arm of like a quick almost punky uh in possibilities yeah um and then just like taking it through to the end uh that it all f- feels strong and like propulsive to the end um do i listen to a little bit of december at the end of that mm-hmm. okay i wanted to know about december the solo in this Yeah. We can consult Weezerpedia and see if it knows. They literally only say December once. Yeah, with that. Um, I'm just uh, reading um, a little bit from Weezerpedia here. Um, uh, It says that the original demo um, featured a clean guitar sound, um, but then when it was recorded for Maladroit, they went for, you know, distortion and like heavier stuff. Um, It's sort of weird that like in in the context of the record perhaps knowing that it was going to be the final track they didn't go for like a cleaner sound a la butterfly yeah um let, let's see if we can find that solo because i i'm this is a solo that it's maybe the most understated solo on the whole record but i really really into it yeah let's it's see it juice. it's fucking juice man let's see if we can find it really fun think about the song and try to think about the solos ahead of time. So I'm like in my head. After this yet? Um, I was this, right in my head. You were? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's also got a nice little intro from Pat, too. Like, right yeah, at the beginning of the solo. He's killing it. Yeah. Um, he's a... I, I'm going to say, like, an underappreciated drummer, but maybe he's maybe he's appropriately appreciated. He's, I don't know. He's a really good drummer. Was this... Um, I was wondering about this. I know that Rivers used to be very persnickety about, like, writing every band member's parts. Mm-hmm. Was this the first album where he let them kind of... No. no, no, he was no. still. He, this is, in fact, one of the ones where he took like pretty much entire control wow. over everything. Yeah. So, so say the. Uh, so says Weezerpedia. Yeah. So says Weezerpedia. <laughs> um, 
But do you think uh, that sort of thing extends to Pat as well, or like dictating hit the the drum parts to him, or? I don't know how you could, unless Rivers is as good of a drummer as Pat. But that doesn't seem likely. No, no. I don't think he is. I, you I, could I, probably just say do a fill. Yeah. I, I always feel like, you know, whenever there's, um, like, a band where you've got, like, the, you know, the ego-driven, like, front man um, who's, like, dictating everything, that there's also the drummer who's, like, you know... Exempt from that. <laughs> yeah, and I guess my only other example of this is uh, Smashing Pumpkins and that, like, you know, Billy Corgan, you know, reportedly, you know, re-recorded, like all of everyone's parts on like Siamese dream and a lot on, um, melancholy. Um, but obviously none of Jimmy Chamberlain's drum parts. Cause like he can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just such a different skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's neat to consider that in a band that is mostly this one ego popping up and like dictating everything, that there's also one other personality it's that like just flying under the radar. <laughs> yeah. Kind of sort of, Doing what he does best. Hmm? That, you're using the word, like, ego-driven a lot, which is interesting. And I guess, technically, def- using the definition of ego-driven, Rivers is that. But I've never really, like, characterized him as being ego-driven. He just... It, I don't know. Because ego-driven feels malicious or... or... Yeah, and I, di- I didn't mean it uh, in, like, a, a negative way, but just that it... Um maybe just more personality driven that like yeah. the the band is an amplification of rivers cuomo mm-hmm. more than it is like an expression of four guys playing together mm-hmm. um but then also pat so yeah <laughs> here's one personality and also pat does it ever sort of feel like patch is kind of along for the ride like he's there to like play drums really well but like he's just like cool man i think drummers in general are like that like the Beatles, when they were fracturing and splitting up and getting mad at each other, you know, John and Paul were really mad at each other. George was really mad at them. They were all doing these weird, creative, crazy things. And then Ringo was just kind of like, I'm going to play whatever you want me to play. <laughs> what do you need me to play, guys? I've written a song about an octopus. No, Ringo, God! <laughs> <laughs> but then they recorded anyway, because they he's their friend. It's a good song. Right. <laughs> it is a good song. And I can kind of speak from experience being a drummer in a rock and roll band and i i remember my brother would get into kind of some arguments with with drew and the mm-hmm. bassist and i would just sit there like well i hope they're done soon <laughs> so i can keep playing so the drums back to hitting are stuff. you sure that's just not just like part of your personality though or is that like indicative of every drummer's personality like if you have that type of personality then you're more inclined to become a drummer well let's think about this because drummers you know, they provide the backbeat. They're like the stability. They're like the foundation of the song. Mm-hmm. And that relates to people who tend to not want to be confrontational or not want to rock the boat because they are more like wanting things to stay, to stay stable. And I think the same is true of bassists. If I can yes. stick my dick into this, please stick your dick. In Thank this. you. Um, that uh, thing I say to Patrick a lot, uh, all the time when we're having sex, mm-hmm. <laughs> it helps get things started. Yep. Otherwise, he's not sure. Otherwise, I don't know what to do. What do I do with this? I, Where am I, I supposed to put it? <laughs> Stick it in. Um, no, that uh, like having that very. I, I feel like there's a lot more of just like having a job to do 
and doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and but Scott n- Schreiner's a little like he's he's kind of spoken openly and opinionatedly in interviews, hasn't he? Oh, about what? I don't know. I feel like I read an interview recently. Maybe it was a Rolling Stone profile about like that they did during uh, Everything Will Be Alright in the End, where he. He like kind of called out Matt Sharp and said that guy's kind of shitty. I'm better than him and stuff like that. Um, which feels very not what a professional bass player would do. I don't know. Hmm, that's that's interesting. Are these recent? This this I want to say like was a month ago that I read this. Wizardpedia is not the most up to date website, so I was trying to find some material on that. But the most recent um, interviews they have are from two thousand eight. Yeah. You ought to I be, could always just Google it. You ought to be like an admin for Wizardpedia. Screw these Martin M and Waylon S characters. Add Jen K to that. Uh, that's right. I'm calling you out, Wizardpedia. Shots fired. So bold. Um I mean it, it might be true though that like sharp might not have been just good for like the attitude of the band like you think that that's what he was talking about that like no I th- personally or as I think a he musician meant as a bassist that's interesting um, which i mean i don't know i like scott's licks a lot and i can't really think of a matt sharp baseline that i love only in dreams that's a good riff yeah, but it's it's probably. I mean, that is almost certainly a like Rivers Cuomo riff, right? Like, yeah, probably. It's although wasn't there kind of a <clears throat> didn't Matt Sharp like sue Rivers for claiming that he wrote some of the Blue Album songs? Or oh god, I don't know. I'm out of my depth now, <laughs> and not in like a fun way where we can just bullshit about you know what it's like when you and I have sex, but like sure. right, it's good. It's great for the record. Mm-hmm. I enjoy our sex. Thank you, Greg. I enjoy our sex, too. Thank you, Patrick. Guys, is there anything else on this record we want to talk about? Not not everyone at at once. Jenna, are you looking something up? It looks like you're digging around. Now I'm just getting back to the Maladroit page. Oh, that's okay. Um, well, I think we've uh, we've talked about. I think we understand how we all feel about Maladroit, right? It's rocking. It's rocking. Uh, Greg, did did you say that this is your favorite? Yeah. Um, it easily your favorite, or uh, yeah. in contention with? Okay. No, I think easily. Um, you know, I I had mentioned that uh, this one never really uh, got me in any um, substantial way. Um, so I, I, it's it's certainly not not my favorite. I don't know where if like I had to rank them. I don't know where this appears for me. I would say this one for me is third. After pink and blue. Uh, blue and pink. In that order. In that order. So blue, Pinkerton, Maladroit. Partially because as a like younger teenager listening to this album, I started listening to Weezer in two thousand three. Um, so the, I didn't catch up with them until make believe. Um, but this one was like really good for like, just like blasting my ears out. If I was having a shitty teenager day. Yeah. Especially I'm looking at the track list, the song slob. Yeah. Where it's like very negative and very, it's the first lyrics are leave me alone. Right. Which is like, what it, and take control. It was a really good one for that. And I, if we're talking about T 
teenage angst and high emotions. And we are. Can't believe I'm about to say this on on air. I would listen to Burnt Jam, and I would rewrite the lyrics so that <laughs> yes. they were about the girl I had a crush on at Aww. the time. Mm-hmm. They're very embarrassing. That's adorable. Yeah. So this album, I don't know. It 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 lock it. It seemed to unlock or uh, or work in lockstep with our kind of angsty, high-emotion sort of lifestyle at the time. Yeah. yeah, so maybe I just came at it, you know, I was you're, older. You're too old. To I was just too old, man. Now, is there like a theory that your favorite Weezer album is the one that you listened to as a kid? Uh, I, I think the theory is the best Weezer record is the one that came out when you were a junior in high school. <laughs> um, Which for us would have been... Make-believe. Oh. <laughs> right. So, so not true for you, not true for everyone. Um, but that was sophomore year, actually. Nothing yeah. came out junior year. I remember listening to it on a marching band trip on the bus and just being like, I like some of these songs. <laughs> um, for me, junior year was the the dead space between uh, Pinkerton and Green. Um, and Green was the first one you picked up. <clears throat> green was the first one I picked up. True. Um, but and I don't hold green and you know especially high. There are good regards. pop songs on it. There, yeah, I'll still listen to it and enjoy it a lot. Yeah, it's sort of like it's it's hard to object to it. You know, you're just like, yeah, this is this is fun. I can have a good time listening to this. Yeah. But for some reason, this album, Maladroit, feels a little more back to your word special, uh, and it's weird to me that. He interacted so heavily with the fans in the songwriting and conception, and he like even took notes from them. And yet, it kind of feels sort of personal to me. It mm-hmm. feels like a personal record. It feels like stuff he actually cares about and thinks about, whereas the Green Album is pretty generic. Yeah, well, and um, this is maybe like the last uh, record that um, he puts out that doesn't have songs about their fame, right? Yeah. Um, Am I mistaken? Is is there something on Maladroit that like addresses like the band? And, no, not really. Because uh, like you know, Make Believe's got a lot of that. Red is full of it. Um, everything will be all right in the end. Is basically all. <laughs> it's like one hundred percent, pretty much. Um, so yeah, it's a. Uh, it's interesting that that's not a really a theme that he's struck on mm-hmm. yet, and maybe you know that is one of the things that I think. Weezer fans don't have a lot of patience for mm-hmm. is the band singing about itself. That reminds me of an interview I read with Kevin Smith recently, who was mm-hmm. another big childhood formative person in my life, and he was talking about how he doesn't really know how to be a good writer, he just knows how to rip things from his life and put them on the page, and when he started writing things like uh, Jane Simon Bob Strike Back and Zach and Mary make, make a porno. Mm-hmm. He realized that he was out of real life, and he was writing about making movies because yeah. that was his life now. And his reaction to that was to make these fucking weirdo Red State and Tusk movies. Right. So it'd be interesting to me if Rivers had a similar moment of clarity where he's like, "I don't really have life traumas to expose anymore. So rather than get weird and chase my own tail, like, wouldn't it be weird if he came out with just a totally fucking weird?" Out of nowhere album that sounds nothing like Weezer, just cause. Yeah, yeah, it would. Well, and uh, they w- one thing. Um, this is gonna be a roundabout way to adding to that point. Um, but 
so every seven years, there's a, a new um, self-titled Weezer record. Is that how it's worked out? That's how it's worked out so far. Um, and the the another like just possibly coincidental pattern is that between each one, we've gotten another another record, um, like one more. So there's one record between uh, blue and green, yeah. two records between green and red. And if we get another self-titled record in 2015, there will have been three records between. Yeah. Um, so if the pattern continues, and it's a pattern, so I'm assuming it will. <laughs> Do you think Riv- like Weezer is aware of this pattern? I, don't- I bet the fans have made them aware. I bet. Um, but it would be cool if there had to be four records in the next seven years and then another self-titled record um, to do, you know, to take more chances to, you know, do Red State and do Tusk, mm-hmm. um, do these, uh, do records or songs that don't sound like what you'd expect from, from the band. Mm-hmm. I think I think that would be cool. Um, but who knows if, I mean, there's, there's a pretty solid Weezer sound that I... Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's the other point. It's like if I put on a Weezer album and it's Stravinsky's Patrick Patchouli. Petruska. <laughs> I, I might be like, this isn't Weezer. Where are my major seven? Where are my major sevens? <laughs> Where are my major sevens? All right. On that note. Yeah. We're, we're done. With <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Are we? <laughs> Jen knows how to bring the curtain down. So we're done. <laughs> well, thank, thanks for uh, listening to this episode of My, My Name, Name is, is Weezer. Weezer. Um, thanks to Greg for stopping by. Thanks. Thank you, Greg. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. It was a great time. Uh, next time, Jen, what are we talking about next time? Well, next time, <laughs> we're going to be talking about the re-release of Blue with Dusty Gems and Raw Nuggets. Kind of just skimming over that because we kind of talked about it a bit before. And Make Believe, where I will have reached singularity. Because... Which just means uh, that was when I started listening to them in real time. Got it. That's not what the singularity is, but great. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, are you a computer program? Nah. Okay. <laughs> if you're not a computer program or a black hole, I don't think... I don't think that's a singularity. Black hole is a, a Weezer thing, right? Yeah, the song's from the black, black hole. hole. We talk about it in episode two. It's a great episode. I can't wait. <laughs> Better than this one? Be honest. Where does, how does this rank? Like, rank all the episodes from worst to best, including this one. Okay, so... It's been so long since we recorded a lot of them. <laughs> I would say best episode, green. So episode... That was pretty good. Four. And then Pinkerton, I think it was a really good one. That was three. I, I would rank this episode after after Green. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. You put this at number two? I would put this at number two. I'll take it. Yes, you will. <laughs> You've also listened to them a lot more recently than I have. That's true. Uh, and also, what, what just happened between Greg and I, that was, again, us uh, recreating our sex. We, we do rank our sexual sessions. Right. Yeah, it's not fair, because I'm not participatory in any of these, so I don't... I I, you could just respond yes systems. to the evite, and then you would be a part of I it. I don't so. do evites. Well, that's fine. I need in-person invitations. No way, baby. We're in the digital age. Mm. Everything's on the cloud. Everything's on the cloud. So behind. Uh, but yeah, so we will do oh, more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, we'll have more of this uh, next week, but without Greg, so it'll be half as good. Bye, Greg. Bye, guys. Bye forever. <laughs> Never see you again. No. <laughs> okay. Right. Thank, thanks for listening to uh, My Name is Weezer. Bye. 
What's a creative podcast network?